Good morning. It is Wednesday, May 27th. This is the Flow Track Podcast. My name is Lincoln Shrike, joined today by Gordon Mack. Gordon, how are you doing today? I thought you were going to open up the podcast with a little Mrs. Doubtfire throwback. You started with good, and I thought I'm going to say good morning, Vietnam. I thought that's what you were going to do that, but you did Oh, it. no. I was just trying to be cheery. I've never actually seen that movie, so I would not have any reference Mrs. for it. You never saw Mrs. Doubtfire? No. It's a classic no, Robin Williams. No. I don't. Have you seen I, any I, Robin I'm aware of it. Well, of Have you course. seen any I Robin mean, Williams films? Yeah, Jumanji. Uh, he was in that, right? Uh, I don't know. The one with the, the, the weird substance, like the goo. What was that one? Oh, remember Flubber. That? Flubber. Flubber. That was a good one. That was a good one. Of course, you know. Aladdin when he was a genie. I mean, I've seen a lot of his movies, but no, I haven't seen Mrs. Doubtfire. I like how the third movie you come up with is a movie he's just voiced, voicing a character, not actually in. <laughs> I mean, he, that's a classic role. I'll, I'll, what was the the one where he's the uh, the clown doctor guy? Well, I forget that one. Patch, was... Patch Adams. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot. I've seen a lot of... And then I've... Uh, uh, the, the Seize the Day movie, uh, the... Uh, Dead Poet Society. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, I've seen a lot. Seen a lot of them. All right. But not one of his so, most biggest ones, which is Mrs. Doubtfire. Sorry. You gotta watch that. I don't know what I don't know what to tell you. Okay. I'll I'll make it I'll make it happen in, in due time. All right. On today's show, <laughs> we touched on it a little bit. I'm just changing topics. We touched on it a little bit yesterday, uh, but on Saturday night, we of course had another high school sub four mile, Leo Doshbach at the quarantine classico. It's hard to say that with a straight face. Ran 359.54. So what we wanted to do with today's show was to form a definitive ranking of the 11 high schoolers who have broken for, in some instances, it's going to be easy to put some people at the top, a la Jim Ryan, a la Alan Webb. And then, uh, but at the bottom, it, it may be a tough, tough one to decide who is, in fact, for lack of a better term, the worst U.S. high school sub four miler of all time. I don't want to give him the, that title, but uh, well, you're just going to have to listen on to to hear who we put at at the bottom of our ranking. So, question: This ranking, yeah, what is what are we looking at in the resume of the athlete? Are we looking at only their high school career, or are we looking no, at their full no. career? Full career, full career, and in the case of one such miler. Uh, a tragedy unfolded that unfortunately is going to knock him down a peg as well. Uh, and so it's just the full body of work. And I understand for some of these guys, we haven't had their full body of work. In fact, several of them are very, very young into either their college or professional careers. You know, Drew Hunter and Grant Fisher have accomplished a lot, but they still have many, many years ahead of them to run well on the professional side. And, you know, Doshbach hasn't even run a college race yet. And there's uh, Reed Brown still in college and, and whatnot. But I still think we can form a, a ranking, even if it's evergreen, even if it's a living document, I think we can come up with a solid ranking that does justice to, to everybody. And last question, as I got to get the rules out before we, make this ranking. Yeah, yeah. Do we want to give credit for someone who did it longer ago? Uh, like, you know, running sub four now in the past five to ten years seems like everyone's everyone and their mom is doing it, right? 
Whereas doing it mm -hmm. in the 80s or 60s or 70s seems like a, a bigger accomplishment. What are your thoughts on time being a like a when they did it being? Yeah, a, I'm, I'm a willing. To, I'm not going to put that a, a ton of weight into that. But I, I will if you I mean, no one did it in the 80s. But in the 60s, it was a little bit of a hot streak with Ryan Danielson, LaCorey. Yeah, a little bit more credit. I'm not going to like just put all those guys at the top, though, just because they ran at a time when technology wasn't as good and, and breaking four was considered a much bigger accomplishment. Um, but still yet, I'm not going to have Alan Webb. No spoilers, but no, I'm not going to have Alan Webb at the top just because he ran faster than Jim Ryan, right? Because Jim Ryan accomplished more in his career. Uh, so there'll be a balance struck here. But just because you ran 359 and... Uh, 1966 doesn't mean you're necessarily going to be better than somebody who did it in 2015. And I'm guessing you have your opinions on where these rankings go. I have my opinion, but we're going to do teamwork. So we're going to have to yeah. compromise our own feelings to each other to make sure we have a combined official flow track ranking, not a Lincoln ranking or a Gordon ranking. There we so. go. Let's, let's, let's do that. So where do we want to start? Do we want to start with the most recent athlete and how we're going to do this is we'll kind of bring up a name i don't know talk about the athlete and then we'll talk about another athlete and be like kind of build on that and say oh is this athlete better than the previous athlete and by the end we'll have a a solid list so yeah we'll start with the most recent people we'll, we'll start we'll bring up the athletes in order of most recent to oldest yeah and then we will create the ranking as we add new athletes to the list so obviously Right now, Leo Doshbach runs 359.54, literally, yeah. on Saturday. Um, he's obviously going to be in the ranking. Uh, what, what, I guess you already talked a little bit about Leo. What are your thoughts on that performance? Does the fact that the performance being done in an only high school race help him out? Show, like, wow, that's impressive. Mm -hmm. The fact that he had to do it with bad pacing. You know, some of these other guys mm -hmm. are in pro races getting perfect you know, strung along in, you know, like in an indoor mile or a prefontaine type race. Yeah. I mean, I think 359 is 359, regardless if you do it in a pro or a high school race. I think the more impressive thing was, like you said, how he did it with um, the subpar first half running coming through in 203, closing in 156, and then in 56 for his last lap. That shows a, a really, really advanced level of speed i think for a high schooler i know he's a solid 800 meter runner um and that really showed through obviously he's not going to be if we're talking strictly what we're talking about here it's not going to be super high on this list simply because he is barely into his career but on the ranking side of things he ran 359.54 as you mentioned that's ninth all time so a chance to crack the top 10 perhaps because some of these other athletes didn't really do much else besides break four in high school. So he's got a chance, even with this one performance, to, to be in inside the top 10. He's not necessarily just going to be number 11. So, uh, yeah, a solid run. And I know he's listening with with attention, really trying to figure out where he's going to be ranked here. Uh, I, I've got him pegged into the top 10, but let's go ahead and get another athlete named in here. Yeah. And so we As can see right now, where, he, where he compares. As of right now, he's ranked yeah. number one because he's the only athlete on the list. Yes. So we have yet to add any other athletes. So the first athlete we'll add to the list, Reed Brown, who ran 359 yeah. in 2017 at the Festival of Miles. Uh, yeah. Currently has run PBs at 338 in the 1500, 357 in the mile, 
He's only been All-American once. He's yes. been in college now for a few years. Hasn't really had a big, like, I'm, I'm like, a legit, like, top-tier yeah. miler. He's always been like, hey, I can make a final maybe here or there. Yeah, yeah. But he hasn't been showing himself to be competing with the Oliver Hors, the, you no. know, the uh, Josh Kerrs of the world. So he did beat Grant Fisher in a 1500. That was pretty impressive. But uh, yeah, Reed Brown, I mean, I think inconsistency has been the story of his college career thus far. His PBs are solid and uh, he's had some, some certainly some nice moments. He's going to be ahead of me for, for Doshbach at this point though, just because he has not completely cratered like some of the athletes we will talk about. Uh, he hasn't just completely cratered out of Oregon. He's been, you know, on Got, he's run multiple times at the NCAA Cross Country Championships. I know he finished 78th as a freshman. I mean, his distance is clearly the 1500 in the mile. And he, like we said, he did notch an All-American finish. So he's had some nice moments, has not at all developed into a superstar. But at this juncture, he's ahead of Doshbog. Okay, so right now, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I kind of wanted – I feel like Reed hasn't really lived up to what he was in high school. I mean, he was a footlocker champ, sub-four miler. Yeah. And he has he's kind of just like blended in with the rest of the Oregon Milers, you know what I mean? Like Yeah. Yeah. The the what's a Hunter kid, right? What's his name? Charlie Hunter. Something Hunter? Charlie Hunter. Like he hasn't really been like the star miler at Oregon that they probably were hoping from getting a high school yeah. sub four miler, but he's still running legit. Three thirty eight doesn't grow on trees, three fifty seven mile. Yes, we can rank him higher than Leo. So right now, read number one, Leo number two. Okay. I uh, And we could say, I mean, Reed Brown did run faster, ran 359.3. Now, there's a chance Doshbot goes a, goes for sub four again, maybe. But, uh, I mean, I haven't heard such things, but there's a chance. Um, so I guess he could run faster. But as of now, Brown's high school PR also faster. So I think there's plenty there to say that he should be ranked higher. Moving up the list, and we're just going in reverse order from when these were run. Uh, so we go to the second or third most recent sub four in high school. Michael Slagowski in 2016. I remember this one. This one seemingly even more so than Doshbox, I would say. I mean, really came out of nowhere back in 2016. Slagowski was, was solid, but not a Drew Hunter, a Grant Fisher type that everyone was raving on and, and the hype was real about a sub four possibility. Uh, Slagowski though, for lack of a better term, completely bombed out of college. Uh, he didn't even run for Penn state and then transferred to NAIA Eastern Oregon and just hasn't been the same athlete and has never run faster than 359, 53 that he ran in 2016. Do we have to put him at the, at the bottom here? Yeah, I think we put him at the bottom. And I also, Going into his freshman year, like coming out of college, I'm um, coming out of high school. I I thought Sligowski was going to be a star. I thought he was a super like low key, is about to like you know he ran 350, like you know low mileage type guy. It's like he he's gonna have yeah. a, a way to like. I thought he was gonna blossom really big in the in the college scene, especially at Penn State, where they're gonna turn. You know, you see Isaiah Harris come in as a 149 guy, and then you know. Three or four years later, he's running one, you know, forty-five, yeah. one forty-four. So I thought, I mean, yeah. I, I went to, I actually went to a workout. I filmed the workout Wednesday with Slagowski, Kidder, and Isaiah Harris. They were all together, uh, and Slagowski was running 
just as well as Harris and Kidder. I was like, ooh, this is another big star. They got that star freshman. But I think there was other non-track-related issues that caused him to leave Penn yeah. State. And I think his just focus wasn't 100% on running, which is fine. You know, yeah. running's not for everyone. And maybe he didn't want to be, you know, a constant, like, in the spotlight runner with all this stuff. And he would rather just kind of do his own thing in Eastern Oregon back closer to home. Uh, but he could have been something special. If you watch that workout Wednesday with uh, Kidder and Harris and Slagowski, you see what could have been, um, especially under the Penn State training. But we'll never know, and it didn't happen. But, yeah, I think we can rank them underneath Reed and Leo right now. You know, you just you feel bad because, I mean, running 359 in, in high school is a performance that stands on its own. It's it's a worthy thing. It's not not just simply something that's like – we tend to take it and be like, oh my gosh, they're going to be so good in college. And, and as a professional, they're going to be an Olympian. And we know obviously that doesn't always work out like that. But uh, for for his career to go south so quickly and and to really make nothing of himself in the Division One level is, is uh, it's tough to believe, but it is always a reminder for me as the extreme example of how you can't just assume these guys who run 359 or faster in college are just automatically going to be, you know, making NCAA finals right away, contributing cross country, and they're not going to be running 355 the next year. It just doesn't tend to work like that. You're going to take your lumps in college and, uh, you know, there's no guarantee that you're going to be a perennial all-star a la Grant Fisher or, uh, or, uh, well, who else on the list would have been a, a perennial All-American? I mean, Drew Hunter obviously never ran in college, but there's just there's absolutely no guarantees even when you run that fast. So his is the extreme yeah. example of that. So, so our ranking for now, is, oh, yeah, go it? ahead. Reed Brown, then Leo Doshbach, then Michael Slagowski. That's our current order. And now we introduce Drew Hunter. Yes. You want to break down what he's done so far? To this point, yeah. So in, we remember in, <clears throat> excuse me, in 2016 was the year of Drew Hunter. <clears throat> Gosh, I gotta clear my throat. 2016 was the year of Drew Hunter. Indoors, he ran 358, followed by a 357, both times faster than Allen Webb's indoor uh, U.S. high school record. He, after a year season of just being incredible in his senior track season, he. Well, he had signed with Oregon, and then he just goes pro, kind of shockingly, signs with Adidas. Uh, his first several years as a professional, I think, have been solid. Maybe not spectacular, but very, very solid with PRs, 335, 356, 739, 1321. He made a world team last year, didn't get to run because he was injured. But I would say the investment from Adidas has, has certainly paid off, and he's turned into a very, very solid pro who's still very, very young with Olympic teams and world championship teams, certainly ahead of him. Um, I mean, he's obviously the top of the guys we've assembled so far. Yeah. I mean, if he, he was a senior in 2016, right? So yeah. he would have been a senior this year in college, the per mm -hmm. perspective. So 1321, 335 college yeah. senior would be very impressive, right? He would be the, yeah. the number one, like prized recruit coming out of college. Yeah, so, and again, if if he wouldn't have been hurt, I mean, we could have been talking about a guy that had a really strong performance in in Doha. He was kind of coming into his own, it seemed like, but had a really tough, I think, foot injury last last summer and fall. 
he was running really well in 2019. Um, and uh, I, I think there is so much more for him to accomplish. But Legacy as an absolute high school stud, fair, several like really big moments, like beating Grant Fisher in that two mile when he was a junior at Brooks PR, that famous kick at the pin relays, dominating Foot Locker. I mean, Hunter has had some big moments throughout his career. So who won? Who's won the past uh, three fifteen hundreds? So who in won college? last year? Lot yeah, in college. Last year was Nagus. Then it was Ollie Hoare, and then jo and Josh Kerr. Yeah. Do you think Drew would have beaten any of those three those those specific years? Well, I don't know if fifteen hundred would have stayed his distance. Um... Okay, so then you would rather compare him to the five k winners. I no, we can stick with fifteen hundred. I mean, well, okay. I don't know. No, no, let's go with five k because that's the distance he's. You know, he ran at USA's. I know he's still kind of a hybrid athlete there, but yeah, that's true. Five thousand. I mean, probably not so, beating Morgan McDonald. Maybe winning in twenty eighteen. I mean, he's right there. He's who won he's in eighteen? McGordy. Um, McGordy. Okay, and then seventeen, and then 17 was Fisher. Yeah, I mean, he's right there. He's on that caliber. Uh, I would say he would have had a couple NCAA titles. He's not going to be, he wasn't going to be Edward Cheserek, but I think he would have won a couple titles if he stayed all four years. I agree. I think he would have won a couple. He would have, especially when he throw in the indoor 3K, you know, yeah, mile, yeah, yeah. 5K, he would have found yeah. one or two in there. Yeah. Uh, so yep. I think it's safe to say we're going to put him number one right now among yeah, so our now top. He's well, well ahead with a solid gap between him. What Reed Brown, Doshbach, and and Slagowski. Yeah, so Hunter, Reed Brown, Doshbach, Slagowski is our current order, and now mm -hmm. we're going to introduce another college star, now pro, Grant Fisher, who uh, ran sub four back in 2015. He ran 3:59 at the Festival Miles, same place yes. where Reed Brown did it. Um, obviously, yep. he was great at Stanford. He was. A strong cross country runner, even as a freshman, he was like a top twenty-five guy. Uh, went yep. on to duke it out with Morgan McDonald multiple times. Did win a title in twenty seventeen, and uh, actually had you know I would argue had three. Even though he has one outdoor five k title, he was really consistent for oh his final gosh. three years on the outdoor five k. I mean, he wins in twenty seventeen, then he gets I think third in twenty eighteen behind his teammate and Justin Knight. Justin Knight, who yep. then goes on to make a world championship final. And then he gets second to Morgan McDonald. So, like, he was always in it. You know, sure, he could have had three titles. He only has one. But the people he lost to, I feel like, were all respectable. So I still think he yep. had a, a strong career. Now he's with the Bowerman Track Club. Um, and he's really transitioned to a 5K guy. He's not really – hasn't really run the 1,500 or a mile really much at all in the college season. Yep. I mean, I think his PR is probably still 359. I'm not sure if he's tried to run faster. I mean, you could look that Probably up. Probably not but... in a mile. He's he split he... way faster in DMRs. I mean, he was you know yeah. routinely splitting 355, 356 for Stanford in on their indoor DMRs. So I mean, he's got the got the ability. But yeah, his 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 uh, PB I believe is still that 359. Never ran the indoor mile in college, at least not at the not at the championship level. So. Uh, but that does, yeah, his PR is still that 359. That does not, of course, tell the story of how good Grant Fisher has been. This is our first really tough one because it's like, do you want 
the full career at this point, uh, the full college career of Grant Fisher and all those All-American honors and NCAA title? Or do you want the professional Drew Hunter who has some slightly, who has faster PRs, was maybe, you could argue, maybe a little bit better in high school, although Fisher won two straight Foot Locker titles. Um, this, this, is, this is a tough, tough sell for me. I'd probably stick with Hunter just because he's run a little bit faster and he did, you know, run 357 indoors, whereas Hunter or Fisher just did that 359 and not just, but, but, you know, he did it at the end of his career while Hunter was ready to run 357 in, in the, the winter of his, of his high school career. Uh, I, I would probably put Drew Hunter just a little bit at this point higher than what Grant Fisher has done, even though he's got all those college times and all those college All-American honors. Yeah, well, Grant Fisher's career is interesting, though, because I mean, he trained under Miltenberg, and Milt is notorious for being very slow in the progression. He doesn't want yeah. to burn out someone quick. Um, he can He's learned how to coach that way. And Fisher, I feel like, never really truly peaked in college. Like, I don't think he ever really went all out, like really tried to time trial a fast time. He always was really kind of just like cruising through the regular season and then just trying to run a fast last 800 in the 5K at the outdoor championships. You know, he didn't run yeah. a lot of USA. He didn't enter USA's during the – like he didn't run USA's the year after the, – the weeks after winning the NCAA title, you know. Yeah. He was very kind of slow in the progression. And I – Fisher's weird. Like he hasn't – especially on the on the pro level – Obviously, he still hasn't like done much like to like catch people's eyes, right? Because he's kind of just been like another guy on the Bowerman team behind Lopez's and Kincaid's of this world. But I still feel like Fisher has yet to really show what he actually mm -hmm. is because he hasn't been really unleashed. He's kind of been been put in a pen and just they have yet to open it. They have yet to open yeah. up the barn door for him to run out and show like this is how good I can be. Um, yeah. And because of that, I agree with you. I would put him behind Drew Hunter because Drew Hunter has been let loose more. And mm -hmm. when he's let loose, he's run some quick times. He's won some U.S. titles, that indoor title. I know there's no such thing as a U.S. indoor Olympics, but, you know, it's still a title. Uh, but I'll yeah. put Drew Hunter above Fisher. But it's okay. close, man. I kind of want to do yeah. a 1A, 1B. I, uh, no, I totally understand. I think with, with Fisher – his consistency almost like bores you to death and and that's not his fault at all and i'm not criticizing him from that but we look at him as, as a guy who like doesn't go after didn't go after like crazy fast times in in college i mean he still ran 13 29 he turns professional he he pr'd last summer it, it was a very small pr but he ran 13 29 to 03 uh, at the sunset tour meet i mean this guy has has been solid I think we tend to look at high school guys and then we set them on all against the standard of what Edward Cheserek did. There's not another Edward Cheserek coming through. So as good as Grant Fisher was winning Foot Locker twice and being this dominant guy in high school in Michigan and running 359, you know, it was an impossible standard to meet for us, for him to, to kind of meet all the expectations that we thought he was going to be. He had a very good college career and yeah, after winning a title in 2017, I think most people expected him to win more titles, and he didn't do that because there was a lot of good guys. I don't want to be an apologist for him. I think there was some level of disappointment that he didn't collect more titles. But this is a little tough. I'm going to stick with my Hunter pick. If 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 we, if you want to go Fisher, that's that's totally fine. But no. uh, 
Okay. I'm, you I, with I'm willing to make this compromise. Hunter still okay. above Fisher. So our current ranking now is Drew Hunter, Grant Fisher, Reed Brown, Leo Doshpak, Michael yep. Sagowski. Uh, so now let's introduce another. That sounds... Does that sound yep. good so far? Let's add, an, let's yep. add another athlete. Perfect. Matthew Maton, uh, kind mm-hmm. of a forgotten athlete, I would say. He totally. uh, ran 359 in the spring of 2015 in like not late in the season either. He did it at an Oregon yep. like Pepsi meet or something like that. So he was paced yep. by his future yep. Oregon teammates. He was an XC All American in Oregon, but then he, I'm not sure about the team, kind of in the middle, like sophomore, junior year. And we never really saw a Matthew Maton uh, like excel at the college level. Uh, yeah. He kind of had like a Michael Slagowski, but a little, but had a two, two and a half, one and a half years of actual impact on the team. He started to turn the corner, I think, in his sophomore year. You know, he was running. He was an All-American, and I think he ran, you know, 752 in the three, and as we mentioned, a cross-country All-American. Like, there was opportunities for him. And if you remember going back to high school, he ran 359-38 before Drew Hunter did. And uh, those guys, those two guys were going to match up at the Adidas Dream Mile, and it was going to be this really exciting moment. And I think Maton got injured before that. But Maton left his oh, high Fisher, school pro- was before Fisher. Grant Fisher. Yeah, yeah, before Fisher, sorry. He uh I get the names Hunter and Fisher. I these these conservation names. I they always they get me confused. Uh Maton left his high school program. I think he had an issue with his coach in in 2015, so he was running that 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 Pepsi invite mile unattached. And you didn't think too much of it. You thought, oh, it's just a dispute with his coach. Well, you wonder if it kind of foreshadowed issues he had at Oregon because he ends up leaving Oregon early as well. But it, he definitely was not a complete flame out like Slagowski. He had some moments at Oregon that, you know, suggested he was going to be good. But at the same time, he didn't at all live up to the hype of running 359 as a high schooler, the, you know, in April of his of his senior year. He uh, isn't running right now. So. So you definitely just five years on, you can't put him above a hunter or a fisher. He's definitely down in the in the Reed Brown category. I would actually put him below Brown though. So I'd, I'd have him just above Slagowski. So do you put him above or below Leo Doshbach? Mm, yes, um, I above for now. Yeah, that's a good question. I keep forgetting about old Leo. Um, great Myler name by the way. Uh, he uh, yeah, let's put him above because I mean technically dot he ran faster, not technically. He did run faster and he has more career accolades at this point simply because he did run in college for a little bit. So he would be just just uh, he would be above Doshbach and Slagowski on my pecking order here. It's going to be hard for Doshbach to have a high ranking because he doesn't have literally his resume is like no experience, right? He, mm-hmm. He's trying to get a job and it's like, you need five years of experience and he's just trying to get his first job. So, uh, Listen, okay, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, so, the order right now we have Drew Hunter one, Grant Fisher two, Reed Brown three, Matthew Maton four, Leo Doshbach five, and Michael Slagowski six. Let's keep it going. Right, this is good. Yeah, this is getting fun. All right, I'll introduce our our next contender. Speaking of guys who burned out of Oregon early, that had a lot of hype. There was if this was about my era of, of college going in. So uh, versus Lucas versus Bikas and I are similar ages. I don't remember more hype around a single runner than there was in recent times than there was about Lucas versus Bikas. I mean, the guy was. 
going to be the next coming, for lack of a better term, of Alan Webb. Uh, this guy was a stud. He swept Foot Locker and an extended senior year. He won Foot Locker two years in a row. He ran 359 at the Dream Mile, still the record for the fastest time ever at that event. The only guy to break four at that event. He ran 829 in the two mile as a high school senior, breaking uh, German Fernandez's record. This guy was going to be everything. The problem was really liked the triathlon and also didn't really like taking his licks like he did in his first couple races at Oregon. So he dropped out of school almost immediately and uh, was never heard from again at the NCAA level and then put on a did try to do a triathlon career, got in a horrific accident, and then never really made it happen. Still to this day, nine or eight years on from from you know when Versbikas was relevant, I still cannot believe that he never really panned out athletically. Yeah, I mean, look at his—he's like the combination of a Edward Cheserek meets Drew Hunter. You know, yeah. like he he was going to be something and. I remember watching uh, his first collegiate race or second, maybe it was second. I think it was his first. The, it was at the Wisconsin Invitational or the, I think it was called the Adidas Invitational at that time. But he mm -hmm. went right to the front and he was like, oh, yeah. all right, I'm star freshman at Oregon. I'm going right to the front. And then he just got swallowed and just did yeah. not run well. And then I think he ran a Pac-12s and then that was it or regionals. Um, Everyone would think Oregon cross and he that was a year Oregon failed to qualify as a team because it all kind of just yeah. fell apart there. And uh it's kind of weird. I mean, I hear stories about like how he didn't like training with the the, the team. He was kind of doing his own thing, uh, and that kind of started the rift. And like he kind of just was like maybe he just didn't want to go to college. Maybe he just felt like pressure to like do this whole yeah. like be a track athlete on a on a track team. And he just never really wanted that. But like all the media and the spectacle, being a sub four miler, winning these high school cross country races, yeah. just told him like, this is the way you do it. And he was like, I never want to do this in the first place. Uh, it's it's kind of wild. But yeah. yeah, I would rank him below Leo. Maybe. No, I, no, 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 what, no. What has no. he done? Dude, he's run he slower. Do you not remember how good Versbikas was? Versbikas was so dominant in high school. No, no. He he belongs above Doshbach. I don't care that he ran ran a little bit slower. Doshbach was not a two-time footlocker champion, did not sweep NXN and footlocker, did not run 829 at the Prefontaine Classic. No, he's got to be above okay. Doshbach. I'm very passionate about this. And he's the poster boy for... I, I know we kind of joke about this because we think, or, or I have said, oh, track and field, there's not that much pressure. It's not like it's the media attention of LeBron James coming out of high school, going to the NBA. But he's the poster boy for being this good in high school puts a lot of pressure on an athlete to perform. And I think he maybe got inside his own head and maybe there's some ego issues. And yeah, maybe he didn't enjoy being like you said, being a part of a team and having to kind of follow rules where he had been able to do his own thing in, in high school. And I think there was some parent involvement as well. There was the full thing. And I don't know if we ever got the full story. And, and it, you know, he's obviously still alive and he's fine. But, you know, tragically, that, that bicycle accident in 2012 really seemed to derail his career. I, I don't think he was ever the problem. I think he thought he was going to be this massive phenom in the triathlon. And I don't think 
running was always going to be his ticket. I I thought, and and so it's a shame that he never got to live that live that through, and he didn't stick with it at Oregon because I think uh, he could have been really really special. So where you rank him? Yeah, so I will put him third from he the bottom. Did nothing. He did nothing after high school. So he will be. I almost want to put him above Brown and Maton. I mean, he was that good, but I will concede. Yes, I know he did nothing. So I would put him third from the bottom uh, ahead of Doshbach and Slagowski. So yeah, behind Maton. Because like, we have to like, Which yes, he was like, yeah. he gets also like, I think a lot of these other guys start blending in because when everyone starts doing it, it becomes not as impressive. What he was doing was in the middle of an era where the last guy to do it was Alan Webb, which was a long time ago. And yep. like, it yep. was just like bigger for speakers nation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, totally. when you actually look at the numbers, like he did absolutely nothing as soon as he put on, as soon as he graduated from high school. So True. I think it's, he should True. be behind Matthew Maton. Um, so yeah, yeah, we'll put him Agreed. third from last. So I'm, I'm making my list so we can keep it going. Uh, so number one right now, we got L Drew Hunter, then Grant Fisher, then Reed Brown. Matthew Maton, Lucas Versbikis, Leo Doshbach, then Michael Slagowski. It's crazy to think yep. that Lucas Versbikis is behind someone like a Matt Maton or a Reed Brown. But when you think about it, Maton actually did stuff. Like he actually yep. continued for yep. at least two years yep. where Lucas stopped yep. right away. I also yep. was thinking about this before we get to our final four um, athletes. There's a lot of like overlap in like connections between these athletes. Think about this. Drew Hunter. Reed Brown, Matthew Maton, Lucas Versbikis. That's four, four guys. Four. Wait, mm -hmm. yeah, no. Drew, Reed Brown, Matthew Maton, Lucas Versbikis, all signed with Oregon. Drew Hunter, yep. Reed Brown, Matthew Maton, Lucas Versbikis, Leo Doshbach, all were recruited by Andy Powell. Yep. Right. Was, and yep. then Drew Hunter, Reed, uh, Drew Hunter, Lucas Versbikis, Michael Slagowski. Alan Webb, eventually, they all dropped out of the school they originally were going to go to. It's kind of yeah. qu crazy. There's a lot of these like similarities in you know leaving yeah. school early or going to Oregon or being recruited by Andy Powell among these all these guys, which is kind of wild. Yeah. Well, what what is it? What is it about these guys leaving school early? I know it's for just different uh, circumstances. Go ahead. Yeah, but if Brody Hasty broke four, he would have been another one of those. He would have been recruited yeah. by Andy Powell, would have gone to Oregon, and also would have left yeah. Oregon. <laughs> it would have been like a crazy and, thing. Yeah. And not not that he was going to leave Washington, but Cruz Culpepper was a tenth away from breaking four indoors this past winter. And, you know, Andy Powell. Uh, there you go. And I, I'm like, I was trying to think, like, what is it about Andy Powell? Why do all these guys keep signing with Andy Powell? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, Matt Sendrowitz. Oh, yeah, Edward Cesarek. People want to be that those guys. That That's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Keep keep moving on. Now we come to some of the big fish. Mr. Allen Webb. Easily on top of the names we have assembled. Let's run through the career highlights. Of course, ran 353-43 back in 2001 to absolutely obliterate Jim Ryan's 355 record. Did that at the Prefontaine Classic. Went on to be on David Letterman. Uh, the first, no, pretty, pretty sure maybe the first and last high school sub four miler to be on the Letterman show. Uh, I broke, went on in a, as a pro career. Did the pro career live up to all the, all the hype? 
No, but still has the high, the the excuse me the U.S. mile record of three forty six ninety one, a four time national champ. He made world finals uh, and was an Olympian. I, I know we tend to settle on what could have been with Alan Webb, but he was so good, so young that you know, and and has that U.S. record. It was a solid solid career, it, even if it was a little disappointing. He's on the top of this list. Yeah, it's, you know, Alan Webb also a victim of his own success when you're so good, so young, so early, uh, and you don't, the like, the only way you're going to live up to your crazy standard is if you're like a multi-time Olympic medalist, you know, but yeah. not, most people don't do that, right? So, yeah. uh, in the end, if you, if you, if you take away his high school career and say, hey, you're going to be a mile record holder. You're gonna run a be a four time national champion. and You can make two world finals. You'd be like, hey, I'll take that career. Uh, yeah. But when you add the caveat of like the pressure and the expectation of running three fifty three at the age of eighteen, then it all goes out the window. But yeah, he is right now number one on this list. Uh, could argue maybe the number one. We'll see when we bring up Jim Ryan. We'll see where we rank him higher or lower than Jim Ryan. But uh, yeah, three fifty three in high school, man. It's crazy. To think about. Do you think yeah. we'll see a, a 353 again? I mean, all these kids are now running consistently running 359, 358 yeah. in high school. Do you think yeah. there's some like, 12-year-old out there who's ready to run 353 in eight years? I mean, I don't. I, I We all – this could be, you know, uh, a freezing cold take later on. I just don't see that. No one I, – I we the last time four years ago we thought, ooh, maybe Hunter has a shot because he ran 357 indoors, you know, running way faster than what Webb did indoors. So we thought, ooh, that's a shot. Didn't happen for him. I think he picked up a little bit of an injury. Um, but I don't think so. Too many of these guys are running 359, and that is just so far away from 353. It, it takes the right race. And, of course, Webb had that at the at the pre-classic, getting in the big boy mile and everything. But uh, – I, I just don't see that. We're, think we're going to see that for a really long time. And let's consider the the context of this. I mean, he ran that that three fifty three when the mile high school U.S. high school mile record was thirty six years old. So it, it it was a huge deal for him to do what he did, and uh, you know, run in the same race as the best miler of all time, Hickamelga Rouge. Like it was just a massive thing in two thousand one. And so I just don't see that happening in in the near future. Hey, maybe it'll happen. I th I think yep. it'll happen in our lifetime. I'm willing to say mm -hmm. that. Take that. Yes. Alan okay. Webb will be like, you know, like a grandfather, old man. And he'll be like, oh, I remember when I ran 353. It'll be like, we'll be watching it all in like holog <laughs> holographic lenses with like crazy virtual yeah. reality track kits. I don't know. Anyway. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Alan Webb, number one right now. Drew Hunter, two. Grant Fisher, three, Reed Brown, Matthew Maton, Lucas Verspikas, Leo Doshbach, and Michael Sagowski. That is our order with three more names to add. Yes. And uh yeah, what what's up? What's our next name? We got so we have Villanova legend Marty LaCory. He ran a sub four high school mile back in nineteen sixty-seven, was kind of the last guy of this run of sub three, sub four milers in the sixties, which still to me is crazy that that was a phenomenon. Uh Corey went on, he made a an Olympic team in uh gosh, I'm getting I think he yeah, he made the 68 Olympic team as a 19 year old and made the final. So that would be the equivalent of uh, well, you know, 
I think of a college freshman today with the U in the U.S. making a a fifteen hundred final. I mean, that just was that's un does not happen. I mean, it was a big deal in two thousand eleven when Centro, you know, earned bronze and he was a twenty one year old high school junior. So the 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 I know obviously twelfth and and third a big difference, and you would take Centro's performance, but making a final, huge huge deal. So this guy went on to be a stud. He didn't get any medals or, or anything like that, but he did end up running 336, 352 in the 70s. This guy had a really good career, ran 1315 and 5,000 uh, back when that was still really fast. Uh, this guy, for me, got to be behind Webb, but I think you put him right below Webb. So you put him above Drew Hunter? Yeah. I do. Yeah. I, I think we can. Um, won multiple NCAA titles. I mean, I, I it won the Pan Am Games 1500. I, uh, I think, I think it's easy. I think it's easy to put him above Drew Hunter. But what do you got? Yeah, I'll, I'm willing. To, I'll, 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 I'll take that. I'm looking it up. I mean, we're sometimes it's hard to like know about like making world teams from these athletes from like the 60s 50s 70s era because making a world team back then i know you don't want to compare no one's like back in my day it was harder or easier but mm -hmm. it definitely was easier to excel at the international level yeah earlier on because yeah. you know a lot of these like east africans weren't out there yet running fast and stuff like that so um but i agree i'll, I'll give you marty liqueur right now as number two on this list so alan webb then Marty, then Drew Hunter, Grant Fisher, Reed Brown, Matthew Maytime, Lucas Rusbikis, Leo Doshbach, Mark Slikowski. I'm keeping the order going so people at home can keep that list updated. They're a little Excel sheet. According to, to go. one second, before we get on, get keep going to the final two athletes, I'm going to, the last sentence in, in Marty LaCourie's Wikipedia page says he picked up the guitar after a 35-year hiatus and is currently a professional jazz guitarist now performs Monday and Thursday nights with various ensembles at Leonardo 706 in Gainesville restaurant. So if that restaurant is opened up right now, and if that line is true, of course, we know we can't always trust Wikipedia. I, I want to see a recording of famous high school sub four miler, Marty LaCourie ripping on a, on a, with a jazz band. I'm, I'd be very interested to, to see that might be the best guitarist sub four high school miler of all time. That's, that's, that's a pretty good title. And I also think that he probably has a lawsuit to kind of file against us because he has an autobiography name called On the Run. I saw that too. Yeah. We old, used to have uh, a podcast. Yeah. Called yep, On the used Run. To have so that. Good thing we so, ended that. <laughs> yeah. Very, very good thing. All right. Moving up the list, the second high school miler of all time, at, at least in sequential order here, Tim Danielson. And we'll get the elephant out of the room quite early. Tim Danielson, unfortunately, is in prison for probably the rest of his life because he did, un unfortunately, like I said, kill his wife. I know that puts an immediate dampen damper on what, we're, what we are talking about. Um, it's hard to get around that, but you cannot mention Tim Danielson without picking that up. That said, we're going to just judge him on his running career. He ran 359.4 in 1967, but he didn't do anything really else after that. That's still uh, that was his PR, never really went on to a successful professional career. Um, I I mean, I'm comfortable putting him at the very bottom. Okay, take out killing his wife. Where would you put him? It's tough to do, Gordon. It's real tough to do. 
It's really hard, you know, because yeah. he did run 0.13 seconds faster than Michael Slagowski in 1967. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Like, that's fast in 1967. And then, I mean, it, we got to – we're a track podcast, not a not a true crime, you know, true crime podcast. Uh, I get it. It does make sense. I mean, okay, but, like – Imagine if, like, he ran okay. If Tim Danielson ran three fifty four, right, but mm-hmm. also killed his wife, would you still rank him last? Oh, God, why? You're the only person to. You're the only person who would bring that up. Um, would I still rank him last? Probably not. But he did not run faster, and we have unfortunately the the negative connotation with him. It's really hard to be too high on old Tim at this juncture. But he was the second guy to do it. So if you want to, and, and he ran it in the, in an era when and it was a lot harder to run sub four. So if you want to put him above Slagowski, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I, just, I that's why I, I think we need to give, you know, the era some, you know, what, the, what these three guys did in the 60s yeah. is pretty impressive. I mean, think of, no one was doing that, right? So yeah, uh, doesn't take away the, you know, the sin that he committed. But in the end, I think we should put him right behind Leo above Slagowski because he did it in the 60s. So Got it. that's what I want to say. So three, Fair with it's them. crazy. They're all 359s. There's Fisher, Reed, Matt, Luke, Lucas, Leo, Tim, and Michael. Seven of the guys yep. all ran 359 point. Yep. It's just under. It makes sense. That's how you do it, man. That's how you gotta do it. That's why it's a that's why it's a barrier. All right, moving up to the first guy ever to do it. He broke four on how many occasions? Three times as a high scorer. Jim Ryan. An absolute stud. He won the silver in 1968. He had multiple world records. This guy was like an international phenom as a high schooler. I think he ran. Did he run at the Olympics as like, like an like he, he was running in the Olympics as like a teen. I uh, I forget. Did he run in the 64 games? I think he did. I'm sorry. I should have had this. Uh, should have had this right in front of me. But Jim Ryan. I mean, I running 355 as a high schooler in the 1960s more specifically in 1965 is unthinkable i still don't really understand how it happened it's it's unbelievable uh like we said went on to set world records 333 351 of course those have since been broken but you almost could say that when he ran those those probably convert faster to what the current world records are knowing the quality of the surface and everything jim ryan is is one of the greatest american distance runners of all time his high school career although webb trumped him you could definitely s- still say was the best high school runner of all time that's up for debate but uh i think you put him number one jim ryan i i just i don't i think he's unmatched given the success of his professional career the success of his high school career i know he didn't like you mentioned maybe earlier he didn't run in an era that was highly prevalent with east africans but looking at the times he ran, he would have been competitive in any era, even today. I mean, running 333, you can make world finals, and we know he would have been running faster. He probably would have been a guy who was running easily in the 320s. So this guy would have been a star in any era, and I think he's the best high school runner, sub-four-miler of all time. Yeah, I'll have to agree. Jim Ryan, uh, 355, again, in the 60s, is something to to be – is the, the to is something that's very impressive to do. Like I said, that's why we ranked Danielson up there above Sigowski. But what Ryan did 
I mean, 1,500-meter silver medal. What I think about this, you talk about how he's the greatest high schooler of all time, and we have a number one on this list above Alan Webb, who did break the American, who's currently the American record holder in the mile. Here's yeah. my question. You could argue that Grant Fisher dominated his era and Drew Hunter dominated his era the same way Jim Ryan dominated his era against high school competition, right? Grant Fisher was super dominant. I mean, one he won he went undefeated until like one race. And same with Drew yeah. Hunter. They both they both dominated, right? They like overlapped with each other too. Is there anything Drew Hunter or Grant Fisher could do now that they're starting their their prime of their of their posts, you know, as their of their twenty two to twenty six mm-hmm. age years? What would they need to do for you to look back and be like, you know what? Wow, Drew Hunter is the greatest yeah. high schooler of all time because well, not the greatest, Ryan just the greatest to... athlete who have ever broken four as a high schooler. I mean, that's what we're doing. Yeah, not, sure. not, not, yeah. That's separate than this. He'd have to win medals. And first, let's just get him, get some of his PRs in the range of Jim Ryan to start out. And what I was talking about at the top, uh, one, Jim Ryan, a three-time Olympian, but two, he made an, and again, different era, but he made that his first Olympic team in 64 at 17 years old. He remains the youngest American male track athlete to ever qualify for the Olympics. I, I know it was a different era, but Ryan, uh, you know, set the mold for what a prep phenom is. Hunter Fisher, those guys are going to have to win medals to, I would say, multiple to even be in the same ballpark. I mean, they can they can approach his PRs, probably obviously not in the 800, but maybe the 1500 mile. But those guys are going to have to win medals to be in the same conversation as as Jim Ryan, and I know that's yet more difficult if- to do this era but but still yet ryan was so good regardless of era sorry broke up a bit i was just saying ryan was so good regardless of era it didn't those guys are gonna have to win medals here we go here's the situation drew hunter gets bronze in the 5k in 2022 in eugene and then goes on to win silver in the five in the 10 K in 2026 or whatever. I don't even know the years anymore because everything shifted. Uh, but give drew hunter two international global outdoor medals. Yeah. And his yeah, PRs I- are like similar. I mean, if he's doing that, he's he can easily run a three thirty three fifteen hundred. 1500. He's probably running third sub thirteen Oh five. Yeah. In the five K, you know? So in that situation, would you be willing to bump him up? Maybe that's that's when it's close. I mean, he he he'd probably need to be running sub thirteen, and 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 that's definitely that's not a guarantee. That's really really hard to do. As we've seen, there's only you know ten or so Americans who have done it. Um, it's I awfully think, tough. I think I think I, it that, would. Obviously, that's a lot closer. But I mean, we would be talking about a huge step up for Drew Hunter in the next couple of years if if he if he's going to get to that level and a huge step up for Fisher. It's really hard. I mean, we thought we thought Webb was easily going to surpass Ryan, I think, you know, just based on how he smashed his record and running that 346 and that was all that was for him. So, I mean, medals are just so hard to earn at this era. You've you as realistically as a professional runner, you're going to have like two to three cracks at it unless you end up being like a Galen Rupp. Um and you got to get it right on those days. And if not, we always kind of treat careers like, oh, what could have been? It was a disappointment. When in reality, it's like you can't just look at a career and say 
you know, they did, they got it wrong. They didn't get it right on the, on the days they made finals and then therefore their career was disappointed. It's just really, really hard to figure out. However, Ryan did figure it out, even in a different era when he's running times that are comparable to fast times. Now, I think we can still say, you know, even if those guys won medals, it's still a debate if it is, if Ryan is going to be at the top, because I think he still would be, he was that good. Okay. How about this? Drew Hunter wins Olympic gold in the 5k, uh, not this cycle, but the next cycle. Sure. I mean, a gold trumps a silver, of course, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So that's, that's I think, uh, short of, you know, just becoming like a Centrowitz type of winning multiple medals, uh, winning a gold is what is his path to be, to topping this list. And probably his only path, unless, like we said, yeah. he's just going to get a run of medals. Yeah. It's kind of wild. So, well, and then yep. Leo Doshbach, in order for him to move up, to kind of get towards that Grant Fisher, Drew Hunter area, I'm guessing is he needs to win an NCAA title. If he wins an NCAA title, Leo Dashbach will be in the top six in this ranking, I would say. That's all he's got to do. How easy? Yeah. Not a problem. <laughs> Not a problem. So this is our list right now. Uh, it's going to change because a lot of people in this list are starting to hit their prime. We have number yep. one, Jim Ryan. Two, Alan Webb. Three, Marty Lacour. Four, Drew Hunter. Five, Grant Fisher. Six, Reed Brown. Wow, look at that. Reed Brown getting there in sixth. Seventh, Matt Maton. Eighth, dropping there. Luca Lucas Verspikas. Ninth, Leo Doshbach, who hasn't even run in the collegiate system yet. Uh, tenth, Tim Danielson. And eleventh, Michael Slagowski. That is our ranking as of May 27th, 2020. I feel like in a year or two, there's going to be more names added to the list. And we might start shifting around the hunters and the fishers, maybe, maybe move up Doshbach, drop down Reed Brown. We don't know. It's gonna be fun. Yep. But that's the ranking. Absolutely. It's not just time, man. It's more than just time. It's it's perspective. Wow. Couldn't have said it better myself. That'll do it for us today. He's Gordon. I'm Lincoln. Email the show, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com, and we will see you tomorrow.